Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. Okay, I want to talk today about this insecurity that most of us have about not being fun enough. Um, which is such a loaded topic. Like we talk about, you know, not being, um, you know, successful enough or pretty enough, but not really that many people talk about this conditioning of fun and what fun looks like. And most people are struggling with this personal lie that they tell themselves that they're not fun enough. Now, I think there is a component of it that we need to realize that Every single human being on the planet is wired to belong to a tribe and to be liked by a tribe. Because if you go back, um, you know, to our kind of reptilian brains, the thing that ensures our survival in this world is being part of a tribe, right? So the thing that we have to ensure the most is that we're not going to be cast out or judged or looked down upon by the people who we know, our community, our people. So firstly, if you have this insecurity about not being fun enough or not being cool enough, like, please know that that's not something that's specific to you. It's something that we all have to um, grapple with. And then obviously it's exacerbated by the fact that what we define as our people has been, um, I guess, shortened in many ways and also um, expanded in many ways because we're now feeling this pressure to seem cool to people we don't even know. We're pressured to seem cool to ourselves. We haven't even um, gotten the chance to define what fun is for us because we have this very strong conditioning of what fun is. So most people are walking around being like fun is being loud with your mouth open, like, you know, at a club or at a party and like wearing something super cool and whatever. And um, just like everything else in human design, this is really the science of getting out of your conditioned mind, out of your head and into your body. So, you know, we've all had those situations where we've literally gone through the motions of doing the fun thing, but not actually felt a sense of fun, a sense of freedom, a sense of liberation inside our bodies, right? And so I want to encourage people to, to understand that there's a huge difference between going through the motions of doing what society has told us is fun versus actually prioritizing a feeling of fun of doing what you're enjoying inside, right? Because the first one is kind of like living for the outside, thinking that will make you happy. And the second one is actually just feeling, viscerally feeling happiness inside your body, like a measurable type of happiness rather than like a conception of happiness. And it kind of breaks my heart because if we're living by the conception of happiness, that's again, just like you're living an idea of life and not a fullness of life. You're not actually living your life. You're not actually feeling all the things that life can actually give you. So it really is like living a half-life or 
um, almost walking through life like a little ghost, like an avatar, you know, Um, which is what conditioning is, you know, it's just acting according to the outside rather than letting um, your insides lead you. So I think fun is one that we almost, how do I say this? We re-perpetuate to ourselves because if I feel this pressure to look like I'm having fun, okay, then I'll put on a front or I'll push myself or um, I'll stay out extra late or I'll put it on social media for the wrong reasons or I'll not tell my friends or my partner that I actually don't feel like being so uppity and high and and sort of like faking my enjoyment of something that today I'm just not feeling, for example. Um, and so then it will look like I'm enjoying myself and then that doesn't give other people permission potentially to also not be that kind of performative up and happy all the time. And I think that's really a key is that there's a difference between fun and happiness and just genuine contentment, right? Fun is never going to be something that you're in 24-7 of your life, just like triggered is not going to be something you're in 24-7, just like happy, just like sad. Like what makes life colorful and interesting is that we have all these different um, things that are available to us, right? But we think that we have to be fun, to be attractive to people, to make other people think that we're doing well, to make other people think that we're happy. Happiness is funny enough, a much more subtle flavor to it and we don't necessarily feel like we need to perform it for other people necessarily um, or at least not in the same way whereas this fun thing is really like coming from a place of lack of I'm not fun enough if I'm not doing these certain things and I do think it's it's crippling us so I think what's interesting is that if you spent your whole life thinking that fun the the biggest definition of fun is thinking your way into fun, thinking you had fun because you did certain things that people told you was fun. I just want you to know that there's a whole other level above that. Like that's not the glass ceiling. Like you can blow that thing open and have literally like inside you this like such aliveness that you can't necessarily explain, but can only happen when you have really started to just not do the fun things, but have a sense of fun inside you that you've cultivated. When you've really got in touch with what makes you feel alive, when you've really got in touch with walking around in life with levity, walking around in life in celebration of the fact that you got to live another day. You know, one of the greatest accomplishments I think I've um, gotten to at this date because I started off with a childhood that just felt very heavy to me and life felt very heavy to me. And so one of the things I'm proudest of is, you know, waking up organically in the morning and just feeling so grateful to be alive, feeling so uninhibited enough to dance down the street if I feel like it. And not because I'm trying to make a point to anyone else, but just because my decisions are now made on what feels good to me in that moment. What's going to create that cascade of hormones and emotions that, that create a feel good. Right. Um, and I don't do it if I feel like I need to do it to show someone something I'm blocking out everybody else's perceived reactions, right? What I think they're thinking. It's not even necessarily what they're thinking. It's what I think they're thinking. Um, which is just, it's just cost us too much at this point. Like we can't afford to be um, liking ourselves through our idea of other people's ideas of us. Like how confusing does that get? So 
I think one of the big things that is like revolutionary to people is understanding that when you feel good in yourself, that radiates out of you without you having to perform it. That radiates out of you and the right people understand that about you without you having to use words. And also when you're performing, having fun, not only do you not feel good, but it's it can be off-putting or feel inauthentic or fake to people, you know? Um, and I really learned this lesson. One of the memories that really sticks in my mind was about six years ago, um, I was with my current partner at the time and we went to this big party, one of those parties that gets written up in all the magazines and everything. And it was a, one of the Cannes Film Festival, like big parties. And um, I want to be clear that this is not a podcast that is judgmental about your idea of fun because everyone has a different idea of fun. And that's what makes us important, like, you know, what makes us interesting. Um, and it's also not, you know, um, any judgment on things that are more wild, less wild, more expensive, less expensive, more colorful, less colorful, more people, less people. All of that is up for grabs for you to decide. And also you don't have to have hard and fast rules about it. You can just pay attention to what you feel like in the moment, which is why coming back to your authority is the best thing you can do instead of trying to label yourself. I like this. I don't like that. Those can be like sort of general guidelines for you where you know, okay, I know like if I want to feel more alive, I listen to a certain music, right? That's going to get me back into that feeling of aliveness and that feeling, that sense of fun that I crave, that's going to snap me out of a mood more than, you know, something else that another tool that someone else might use. But anyway, I was at this party and, um, you know, everybody hypes it up. Every celebrity's there. It's black tie. Everyone's dressed up. We're in a beautiful hotel. Um, and I just remember being at that party and feeling like, no one was liberated enough or uninhibited enough to just dance. And there was amazing music. There was an amazing band and everyone was just not having the kind of fun that I wanted to have. And so I danced for a little bit, but no one would dance. My boyfriend wouldn't dance with me at the time. I didn't have anyone else with me. And I really grappled with it, but it was such an amazing learning lesson for me where I was like, you don't have to stay until five in the morning just because everyone else is staying until five in the morning. Like you have nothing to, you're not proving anything here to yourself. Like you can just leave quote unquote early. And um, it was just such a big, it sounds so silly, but it's such a big revelation where you're like, I don't have to uphold myself to this conception of what everybody else has as, you know, being cool or being fun or being easygoing or being whatever. It's just like, you can just in a, in a very relaxed and aligned, true to yourself kind of way, be like, okay, I'm done. Or no, thank you. Or, you know, and not like, okay, sure. Like in a passive aggressive way, like judging other people. Cause then that always rubs people up the wrong way. Like you guys go have your version of fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally zero judgment on when, where everyone else is, but just, you don't care about that stuff when you care enough and make important enough your inside feeling. And honestly, Taylor, Caring about your inside feeling is the most important thing on planet Earth, especially right now, that buying into any kind of conditioning is too precious. It's too high of a price to, to pay. And I mean that in terms of boundaries. I mean that in terms of your work. I mean that in terms of relationships, but also in the more subtle things that people talk about, like pretending to be fun or bribing yourself into doing things because you think that that's what's going to make everyone think that you're like a cool, fun person. Um, so this is just kind of 
you know, mostly passing down this liberation of you can do the most quote unquote fun things on paper and still not have fun from the inside. You still don't can't feel a sense of fun from the inside. It's not guaranteed. So I wasn't having fun at that party, right? And no judgment of the party. Maybe I just could have had a better time if I was with different people or could have had a better time if, you know, if I'd stay later and people had got drunk, like who knows, right? There's no, I'm not making any um, outside rules about it. I just in that moment decided to do what felt good right? Instead of what looked fun. It's about feeling over what looks something a certain way. And so this liberation that I've been on is like, it's really cool because it's about prioritizing a sense of fun because that's what makes your outsides fun, no matter what the outsides are. Like you can be delayed in an airport for five hours and have a really freaking good time, or you cannot. And the choice is yours, Obviously, layered on top of that, you can choose to go to places and be with people and do things that bring that out of you. But you also have to, along the way, cultivate that in a sense as well, right? So if I was with people who equally didn't care about going on a dance floor and have all these, you know, God knows who looking at you and whatever, then maybe I would have stayed and had a blast and we would have laughed about it, that we were the only people, you know, not drinking and doing drugs or I don't know, right? But it doesn't matter about the it doesn't matter about the individual event. It just matters about this exhale that you feel of like it's not anything that you have to do on the outside world to be fun. It's something it's an inside job. And we all have enjoyment and pleasure inbuilt into us. We just have to awaken it. You're speaking directly to what my I'm not fun has been rooted in recently, where it's like I don't want to stay out as late as I want to or or as long as late as I used to, or I am like learning that to notice when I'm having fun. And then when I start to curate fun or start to have like a force myself to look like I'm having fun, I'm starting to learn what that point is. And then just taking myself out of it because the cost of faking it now just doesn't even feel close to what real enjoyment looks like. And I think it's also been helpful for me to look at because you say, you know, we have these these things that we think are fun. So for me to look at what do I think fun is, like what's my conditioning of what fun is? And if our, those are things that I don't necessarily want to participate in, then I that doesn't mean I'm not fun anymore. It just means that my version of fun is changing and what comes out of me is changing. And so even this like past week that we spent together was really helpful for me to see like, oh, it's not that I'm not fun anymore because I don't want to drink as much as I used to, or I don't want to stay out as late as I used to, because we stayed out till like two, three in the morning up so late. And I told you, I was like, I, I don't stay up late anymore, but it's, I realized that it it's not that I don't like staying up late anymore. It's just that typically around that time is when I start to fake it. Mm. and so when we were together this past week, staying up much later than I used to, I was like, wow, it's, it's just, I was, when I start faking it, I don't have fun anymore. And then I leave. Mm. So just don't, don't start faking it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And it's so, um, I think it's hard in the beginning, like every time you do some kind of pivot to really just like, it's exhausting to keep on having to tune in. But again, like everything else, it's, 
it gets easier and easier because you know what genuine sense of fun and aliveness and enjoyment feels in your body. The more you experience that, the more you live in there, the easier it is to see when you're actually just not having fun. Um, and again, it's not about having fun 24 seven. I also think that you know, there are seasons in life for a lot of things. And so it's important when you are in a season of, you know, what I'm really excited about right now is building my business. Or, you know, what I'm really excited about right now is having downtime with my kids. You know, what I'm really excited about now is grounding, whatever it is for you, really getting strong in that being your conscious choice right now. So that when you see other people, being in a different phase, it's not a threat to you. It's not a threat to your life choice. And maybe you know, going out and partying is what you do all the time. I have plenty of friends that even if they're in a season of grounding or working hard, that's how they switch off, right? Which again, all of it is absolutely fine. And there are millions and millions of combinations, but it's also like, you're not missing out on something if you haven't responded to it in that moment. You know what I mean? And if you, and if it wasn't something that you were invited to, right? It wasn't, it's not part of your life path anyway. So again, you're going into those imagined things. If it's triggering you, it's good because it's something to look at, right? What is the, they're all doing something that I don't want to do showing me. So for example, um, you know, when I left Spain, when I left Ibiza for five weeks in uh, June, I was like, wow, what is it that I'm feeling? I'm feeling FOMO. And it was like, what is behind this FOMO? And the FOMO was like, it wasn't even about, the parties here and all of that stuff it was like what's deeper than that and what's deeper than that is like my soul longs to be in that location like I feel like I miss being there and so it reaffirmed to me how much of my happiness is where I live and then it made me appreciate that so sometimes a trigger or FOMO is not just to be like oh it's not real it's not whatever it's like think about what it's what it's telling you you know or think sometimes if it's triggering that all these people are getting together without you is it that you love them so much or you love gathering with those people or is it that it's bringing up an old memory of when you were you know picked last in the football team at school or something right there's information to every negative feeling and there's always something it can tell you about yourself um but you also have to accept what is on your life path and what isn't and then own the choices that you've made for your life path consciously at any given point right um because everything has um its consequences so if i've said no to something and that looked really fun there's no point in torturing myself for that it's like okay well next time you'll say yes to that one when it comes up whereas so this if you this hadn't happened you wouldn't have said yes to the next one or whatever you know so it's about kind of like reframing things to yourself in a kind of strong way in a very clear way but also very loving and light on yourself like there's no berating yourself of like no one loves you you're not going to get anywhere you're never going to be fun like those kinds of voices are still ego right because they're creating separation between you and other people putting yourself down is just as bad as as putting yourself above people right still creating distance still keeping you stuck it's still keeping you away from being the light that you can be in this world it's actually not seeing your light right whether as if you say listen let's just call it like it is and then let's think if we can do something about it or not right and then we either do the thing about it or we just accept it and we just double down on our life path you know so I think um that's a really good strategy to adopt with with that voice that um you know plagues a lot of people and the other thing I want to say is that 
you actually do so many other people a service when you don't fake it because you're also then not playing into their narrative of what fun is, right? So if I'm just honest about what my thing is, not only am I opening up space for other people, right? Like, do you know how many people have said to me, oh, I saw you dancing down the street and I didn't want to come up and say hi, but it was so fun. And that's not something I was doing for other people. I just was doing it for myself, but it grooves new open paths in the world. And all of us can do that, right? And secondly, by not faking it, I'm not perpetuating the visuals in someone else's life that because I'm out until three, they had no idea that I'm forcing myself to be jumping up and down and being crazy and loud and whatever when I didn't feel like it that day. So they're not feeling guilt based on what they saw me doing when in reality, like I didn't even feel like it either. So it's the same with drinking. Like there's a lot of people who would prefer not to, but then they have one because they assume everyone else is having wants to have one. And then what happens if 50% of the group didn't want to? And it just took that first person that says no thanks. So it's kind of like, um, imagine you have this downstream in your life of alignment. Every time you are in a um, negative uh, or unaligned thought pattern or living not a truth, you end up kind of bumping up into the people's downstreams who are next to you. So you actually create ripples in their misalignment as well. So the best thing you can do for yourself is just moment to moment, whatever your authority is, whether you're emotional authority in human design or gut um, authority, sacral authority or splenic or whatever, instead of coming up with hard and fast rules, sure have guidelines, but just like realize that when you are in alignment, you're also creating the less um, static for everyone else around you. And you're not perpetuating the conditioning that all of us are unwillingly upholding. Now, human design is the science of dehomogenization. What is that? It's individuation. It's breaking the homogenous pattern, the homogenous pattern that keeps all of us in this very limited, very constricted idea of what reality is, rather than us all creating and exploring how much bigger and more joyful and light and expansive and genius and high that it can be and colorful because what is presenting itself now is just a result of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of us being shunted into a very, very narrow way of approaching life. When life is a canvas that is so much bigger than our minds can currently conceive of, but we can make it happen if we just do our part and go one step at a time and getting rid of, I should be like this to come across this way. I need to prioritize what feels good, what feels right inside moment to moment, not make a story about it and see where it leads. Just radically be me today. When I tell you, it blows my mind every time I re-see how this, these concepts apply to a different area of life. Like, I didn't, before you just went through that, I didn't even see the, like being able to apply grooving new paths to this having fun um, <laughs> category of life. Cause you know, we talk a lot about career and like grooving, mm. grooving new paths. And that's like about personal fulfillment and like wanting to actually be able to fulfill your purpose in order to do that groove new paths, blah, blah, blah. We've had a million conversations about that, but you just opened up my mind of, whoa, we are li- we are genuinely limiting ourselves because we're just falling into these grooves grooves of what fun looks like mm-hmm. and that is conditioning too like we talk about this all the time how much at every level it opens up different layers never mm-hmm. thought to apply these concepts to that area and that it's actually our duty to be more in touch with what 
fun looks like for us and to kind of clear out because it has so much to do with like belonging in this Mm -hmm. area because we'll belong more. We'll actually, more of us will feel like we belong more when we start to actually groove new paths of what fun really looks like for us, because that is why so many of us don't feel like we belong Mm -hmm. because we've only got five options of how to be fun. And there's a million ways. And we're faking it. So then we are restricting how much connection we can have in that moment. So then that's like a double negative, right? Where we don't feel like we belong because we're we're connecting from a persona, not from our real self. And then you're resentful and then you feel empty and living this way where you just feel good all the time or most of the time or try, you know, um, it's almost, it, it naturally, without you thinking about it, makes you more warm and affable. So then you invite or you make space for more real connection because you aren't worried about saying to someone when you're having a down day, you're not blaming them, you're not anything them, you're just telling the truth about where you are in a, in a lighter way, you're carrying it with more levity because you don't feel this shame about being anything but happy clappy, right? You've embraced the, um, the spectrum of humanness in you. So it's lighter. So you can say to someone, I'm having a, an overwhelmed day. And when you say it like that, without the drama and the downness and the whatever and the self-judgment, that's what invites connection as well. Because someone's like, oh my God, me too. Or you say, is there something I can do for you? Or do you need a hug? Something that is genuine because you've created genuineness from the world around you. Um, and so I think this whole, um, you know, this whole lack of faking enjoyment in general, not just fun, but lack of, um, you know, faking even being in a happy, clappy mood all the time, because we equate that with being a fun person is really transformational. Or even being the fun version, which is like the center of attention person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost like we have to reframe this um idea of if I alter or explore what fun really looks like for me I might not belong anymore Mm -hmm. to if I do that then I might open up new ways of belonging for everybody yeah and it's not as sometimes you know with a lot of spiritual conditioning it's like you'll find your tribe when you're being a real people actually sometimes it isn't about losing all these friends and finding new people and whatever it's like the relationships in your life actually just adjust accordingly and it's a lot more easy than you think your connections get deeper your connections get realer you become the permission slip for the people in your life who see okay like let's have a dance party and organically a dance party at 5 p.m. when we get home from work or we hear a song in a restaurant and we want to just sing along and no one cares or you know whatever it is because when you just feel like you know how kids just don't even think about if they're moved to do something they just do it right to an extent obviously not including when it um you know impedes on other people or causes any harm, we want to be in touch with that of just like, it doesn't matter if it's 10am and you're dancing around the room with a girlfriend in your kitchen with the sage, or if it's one in the morning and you get into a deep chat with someone in a nightclub and then you decide to go outside, even if you're missing out on the party. And, you know, I want to just also, we're using like party and stuff a lot, but there's, there's so many other things too, like just presenting as always so kind of saccharinely happy online um you know being the one that needs to 
um, pretend like you're always happy so that other people don't worry about you. The only way you're going to undo that pattern is just practice a little bit, just a tiny bit, being a bit more neutral and a bit more calm in the, in the kind of non-fight or flighty um, state that gets created from always being up, right? And people might be like, "There's something. Is there, are you okay today? Is there something wrong with you when you're just being normal? <laughs> and then you go, yeah, I am. You know, and I've, that's something else I've gone through is, you know, certain people in my life where I've just taken it down a notch and it's been fine and it's been great. And it's been very good for my, um, you know, my nervous system. So, like, and just my inner sense of calm. I like that you apply it to, to even how we present online, because it could even be that the way in which you deliver information is your like artificially creating it to seem more fun when if you were to just think about how you would actually present then you might actually connect with people more you know what Mm -hmm. I mean I also want you to go a little bit more into how there is this conditioning that if we change up what fun is that we're gonna lose people and that's something I feel like we don't hear enough that the when you change your insides it doesn't necessarily mean that all the people around you have to go away so can you explain that concept a little bit more because I think it's really important well in my experience again there are no uh truths that apply to everyone I think it's very sometimes helpful to have kind of trite platitudes that we share online and things like that but it can be a little bit risky because we hear them said over and over and over again. And at some point we have to check and say, hold on, is that necessarily true? Like, is that a mathematical function of how life works or not? Right. And so is it necessarily true that when you spiritually grow, your circle gets smaller? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, everything that I've learned and my journey, I've only had more friends, only had better connections um, and, you know, not necessarily all new friends. Like I've had friends, that, my best friend since I was 11 years old, um, our friendship has only gotten better since I changed myself. My friend that I've had for 15 years, our friendship's gotten better since I opened up and became more genuine because like I said, you welcome in that connection. You become more warm. You feel more liberated to appreciate people and just say, I love how you say this, or just, it really warms my heart when we do this together or whatever, you know, you just express how you feel. That's so what life is, that's feeling alive, right? Instead of just going through the motions of, oh, let's do this and let's do that. And thinking that's going to make you likable or any any um, subsection of likable, whether that's fun or nice or lovable or sweet. And, you know, you can apply this to any not enough, right? Um, but I think, you know, if you want to have a smaller circle, that's absolutely fine. But just remember that you have the option to, we're all different. So spiritual growth is going to look different for everybody. It's going to make your life change in different ways. And again, like, I do believe that especially since, you know, 2020, everybody has been shaken to the core a little bit to different degrees, right? But it, we're all we're all being kind of kicked down the same path. And so I do believe that most of us want the same things out of life. We want to feel fulfilled. We want to feel alive. We want to feel. But the thing is, is like, if you're more connected to that feeling, and if you feel that urge and that desire more than some other people do right now, you have the option to go first. And that's what most people just need in their lives to be kicked down that road or to, let's say, be opened up that new reality is they just want to see someone else be brave enough to go first. So 
if you don't do it for yourself, just know also you're doing it for other people and not in a way where you have to engineer it, but just like even just having one more person in the world live from a place of prioritizing what makes them feel a certain way rather than the way they think they're coming across to other people so that they can finally like themselves is breaking a a centuries-long collective pattern that is keeping us all stuck and you know someone said to both of us last week you change yourself and you change the whole universe and that is true because when you change yourself your reality shape shifts around you right and so no matter how different it looks whether it's different people more people less people whatever the feeling that it's going to give you is still the same the warmer you become the more warmer your life around you is the funner more sense of fun you feel on the inside the more life literally just feels like fun like you can do stuff you used to do like you know, listen to a song and it's like weird. It's like you have more senses in you. And so you can like soak up more from any one thing than you used to be able to, you know? So everything becomes this like delight. I think it's why people take, um, or a big reason why people take um, recreational or psychedelic or, you know, those kinds of drugs, because like it just heightens your senses, but you can do that when you open your heart and your body, you know, and you don't live so in your brain. Um, and so like things can become like almost ecstatic where you think it's like not grown up because only kids like naturally feel that normally, but that's what we want to be normalizing. And that's what the kind of thing we want to be modeling to life about life in the world. We want to be that, that example to ourselves that can prove to us that we can choose that kind of existence and we're capable of creating it ourselves. Yeah, I just think it's so important to point out that when you are altering for the context of this conversation, what fun looks like you for you reframing that it doesn't necessarily mean you have to change your outsides. Like what Jenna mm-hmm. just said, you changing your insides alters mm-hmm. your relationships. Like I've been hanging out with the same people for literally 20 years. My mm-hmm. same friends now are people I have been around since I was 15, 17 years old. And I have changed so much and all of those relationships have individually changed so much. And I think we don't um, hear that enough. Sometimes it's just like, Mm. leave all those people behind and go pursue your spiritual path. Mm -hmm. No, all of us around, at least in my circle, have grown spiritually, grown what their version of fun is, altered those things. And it is possible to do it that way. And also, isn't that so beautiful that you have then got examples and evidence in your life of that is real unconditional love, right? Because they've they've loved you through so many different phases, genuinely, instead of you staying to a certain persona that you thought they needed you to be to get love from them, you know, that's so beautiful. And there's also so much spiritual ego in thinking that, you know, because we are triggered or because we were hurt in the past or because of conditioning from certain caregivers and things that, you know, we just can't be around them or whatever. But actually, you know, and in our episode that I did with with Kamal Jaba, is he talks about a time when one of his masters told him, like, you know, you're not becoming more spiritual when you have less when you're stop speaking to the people, everyone in your life, when you're losing all your connections, it doesn't mean you can't lose some sometimes, but when you've isolated yourself, you know, when you have gotten, when you've pushed everybody away, that's not a sign that you're progressing. Um, it's actually a sign in the opposite direction, you know? And again, it doesn't mean you have to throw yourself into things that are no longer aligned, like everything in life. There are friendships and connections that, you know, just get 
there's a death and rebirth cycle to every aspect of life. But I do think it's beautiful to, to allow yourself to change and let the chips fall where they may. And then to get the gift of witnessing that actually there is love that isn't based on you feeling like you had to be a certain way to earn people's love.